0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
0: banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
1: Let's get to our guest, James Abate, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Center Asset Management. So, James, in our stocks wrap, we reminded listeners that the last CPI report, which was soft, ushered in a five and a half percent rally in the S&P 500. And then J.P. Morgan came out and said that it could see a 10 percent rally in a best case scenario. I assume you'll scoff, but I always love hearing you scoff. Uh, Was the smart move loading up today?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, the forecast for CPI year over year is supposed to come in at 7.3%. It's clear that we're on the descent in terms of um, inflation. The real question, however, is the stickiness and whether or not we're ever going to return to the nirvana of the 2% inflation that the Fed has kind of you know, felt that is its target. I don't think that's where we're going. I think we're going to be a bit sticky. I see inflation falling. But let's not forget, even in the 1970s, after we had kind of peak inflation of 12 percent in 73, 74, you know, and the whole whip inflation now uh, under President Ford, you know, inflation did fall to around 5 percent in 76 in 1977, the real question is whether or not, you know, we're able to replace this um, inflationary environment or stagflationary environment with some kind of new evident locomotive of recovery or strength. And that's really the key issue. We're stuck in an environment where, you know, unless there's a a change in the productivity and inflation landscape quickly, um, you know, the business cycle and the market cycle is going to be, you know, sideways at best.
0: James, you used the word stagflation. We have a healthy jobs market. So why did you use that term? Are you seeing something that others are not? Well, we have a a good jobs market, but when you look at you know the real
2: issue, and and the only way to pull out of this continuing kind of downtrend that we're in uh, to get a, a genuine soft landing is to increase the supply of essentials. You know, energy, agricultural products. You know, some kind of innovation that changes the productivity an inflation landscape quickly. I mean, all that seems to be very unlikely, you know, as the investment cycle for these types of investments is multi-year. Again, there's no real evident locomotive of recovery or strength. So I continue to think that we're in this prolonged stagflation light environment, and that has implications in terms of the market and the overall economy as well as Fed policy.
1: There are some interesting changes. Uh, older people are, are not coming back into the workforce. Uh, for some reason, their labor participation is uh, is is still um, too low or lower than expected. Uh, and, and I'm just wondering whether or not you, you have some ideas about why the productivity being low that you mentioned uh, is the case.
2: You know, it's uh... – I don't want to be facetious, but I mean, you know, maybe we can open up some more marijuana dispensaries and, you know, have some more commercials about an- online gambling to cure this, or maybe a new application from TikTok. I mean, the reality is something is wrong or broken in the workplace. And even when we talk about onshoring these things, they're not coming back to the United States. Even Apple is moving its major production capacity from China to India, not to the United States. So, You know, something still seems to be fundamentally broken when nearly 100 million Americans who should be in the workforce are not.
0: Yeah, this is a perplexing problem, actually, which is uh, also being found in parts of Europe, too. Uh, But I want to get a sense here of how that uh, plays into your investment narrative and what you're looking at now, James, uh, given, uh, you know, we are almost, uh, I think, at some sort of inflection point.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Rich. I think if we look at where we are right now, you know, we're in an environment where, you know, most mega cap technology and communication stocks remain overvalued. I think there's a potential to repeat the late 1970s from a market perspective. Now that's not all bad. I mean, remember small caps did very well in those years on a relative basis as kind of the nifty fifty imploded and even large cap fund managers who tilted their portfolio weightings to be more equal weighted rather than market capitalization weighted had a factor element that was a tailwind to help them outperform. And I think lastly, if you think about emerging markets, they're gonna be very dependent on the US dollar, which, you know, everybody seems to wanna, you know, sell until they realize they have to buy another worse off country's currency at this point in time. So from that perspective, I think we're in an environment where the major indices, the S&P 500, continue to struggle. But I think you're going to start to see opportunities in mid-sized companies, smaller cap companies in the industrial space and continue to like those areas that can be beneficiaries of kind of a uh, idiosyncratic or, or stock specific type of risk.
1: In your answer to our first question, uh, you talked about how you thought inflation would be sticky and uh, it may come down a little, uh, but that it will stay high. And that seems to suggest that the Fed will have to stay aggressive. And, in fact, Jerome Powell has talked about that, about staying higher for longer. Do you think that that means recession then, and they have to choose between the two? And if we do get recession, then the, the lineup of companies you just talked about may not do so well.
2: It's fair, because I think the the normal recession is that we're going to, you know, have a 30% decline in earnings. And I'm of the belief now, when you look at where we are, that the recession that we're in or, you know, entering is very much akin to, you know, what happened with the paper wealth loss that followed the dot-com bust in 2001, 2002. Um, You know, from that perspective, you know, we're in a recession you know, a relatively mild and comparatively short duration type of recession due to the fact that the heavy capital spending and the inventory spending that predated the 2008 recession is not evident today. That's what people are looking at right now. In essence, what I mean by that is a lot of capital invested over the last 10 years was an intangible assets and the associated wealth just simply has evaporated. And we've seen it with FTX and other things. But that doesn't seem to have the same overhang, right, except in the terms of wealth effect. Um, But it won't be as disinflationary as most people expect because of the lack of fixed equipment overhang. So I think the Fed's going to end up where the one-year note is, which is basically around four and three-quarters percent. And it's probably going to stay there. So the expectation that the Fed is going to rapidly somehow pivot from tightening policy to lowering interest rates in 2023 I think is where the consensus gets it
0: wrong James it was interesting what you said in the first part of your answer there about this uh, is it because that all that you know cheap money was used perhaps uh, you know uh, and, and not used for as much investment as it should be and that and that's why it's led to the situation that we're in and I think one thing which highlights that was the this sheer number of share buybacks we've had in recent years.
2: No, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's where we've had, you know, a disproportion of capital being spent on share repurchases, a lot of that just to, you know, enrich the C-suite at the expense of shareholders rather than in R&D, equipment purchases and things along those lines. In fact, you know, if you look at even just the proportionality of capital spending across the S&P 500, the amount that went into, quote-unquote, intangibles, which is R&D developed, um, you know, outweighed the amount that was in fixed, hard assets. I think the difference between now and, like, the dot-com bubble is that,
1: you know, go ahead. No, that's it. We don't have time, James. Uh, Unfortunately, thank you. James Zabate with us from Center Asset Management. This is Bloomberg.